Hallelujah. It's good to have everybody at the chapel today. Today we have spring break. Today we have time change. And you guys sprang forward on time change Sunday. Say hi to all the people that are at home. I think a lot of people are that are waking up going, oh no, this is that day. That's all right. You're joining with us, but I just recommend you at home, every once in a while, just get up and randomly just yell, hallelujah, you know, just to kind of feel what's going on on the inside of this building. God is good. It's good to see Bruno and Muddy. Yeah. They're handing out uh, handouts, and if you're a melancholy and you uh, just, it drives you crazy at the end of the service if you didn't get all the blanks filled in. We'll give you an answer sheet at the end, but this will keep you with me and give you something to take home. Let me ask you, can, can you just right where you're at, tell me what we talked about in the last series? Okay, stop. Some of you are probably thinking about that. The reason I ask you that is because a lot of times we don't remember what I spoke on in a week or two, three weeks ago. But the most important thing is that you hear it and then immediately put it in practice. You process it with your mind through the week and you begin to change your thinking. It's very critical for you to do that. Very important. If you're wondering, we got out of the series Vortex. And we talked about the emotions that try to pull you in. And we talked about all those different uh, emotions like shame and anger and, and what, just could go on. But you know what they are. But they get you out of balance. They begin thinking. You begin thinking a different way. We, we started the year by talking about those emotions can become a stronghold in your life. Can, can you just say this morning, stronghold? Stronghold. Some of you guys are looking at that sheet of paper and thinking, I could, I could fill those out without even hearing this sermon. <laughs> just go ahead. Let's see if you got it, because I'm pretty tricky when I put those in. If you put Jesus in all the answers, I'll just tell you right now, that's not the correct answer, even though he is the name above all names. Anyway, okay. So we talked about the strongholds that can be developing in our life just because of our thinking, which then creates emotions. This morning, as we continue on this series called Chase the Roar, I, I want you to hear it like this. Chase the roar! It's loud. We've been talking just in the last couple of weeks about David and Goliath and how he came and taunted trying to intimidate you know, the army of God, but let's say the people of God. This morning, I want you to see that there has to be, listen, it's a mandate, there has to be a visible difference between a good man, let's call him Wilbur, I call it a name that hopefully, I don't think we have Wilbur, because every time I, Wilbur shows up as a guest, so we'll be looking for Wilbur, but anyway, we use a name that we don't have in the church, a good man that's named Wilbur, just a good man. There's got to be a visible difference between Wilbur and a good man that serves and follows God. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know a lot of good men that are not believers. 
They're not following God. And people will look at them in a dark world and go, there's not much difference between that good guy and that good guy that says he's a Christian. We have to have a visible difference. We want it to be manifest on the outside of us that people see our good deeds. Why? So that they might glorify our Father. Remember last week, the king and his general, they were standing there after the fight. Who is this guy's father? That's why I want us to, again, believe that right now where you are, what you're thinking is keeping you where you are. Instead of the promotion that God would have for you in your life. Wow. Now, now this, is, this is something big because, not just because I said it's big, but it's, it's something that I've been, I've been, let me tell you, I, I have, it's something in my life. There's things that I preach on that by the grace of God that I've overcome in my life, and I'm walking in that, walking in this, whatever it might be. But during this time, I want you to know that this is something that's huge in all of our lives. The enemy does not want you to go to another level. We all want to return to the state of happiness. I've said this many times, and I'll say it a lot of If you... If, in, in my life, I've come to the realization that I like to repeat the thing that has made me happy. I mean, it could be little things, trivial things, but it, it makes me happy. Uh, this week, we're going to uh, celebrate Mark and Ashley's wedding. And, and in our family, we do kind of a, a ring ceremony. It's it's a long story, but, but I give them a ring, and we go around the table and say what we love about one that's getting married um, and, and and it's something of a ceremony for our family of just saying appreciate you're leaving our family you're leaving the cover of dad's house but you'll always be my son you, you'll always be my son no matter where you go whatever you do even if you choose not to call me dad I want to let you know that you'll always be my son and every time you look at this ring, which is temporal, I want you to realize that it is saying, you're my son. Now, you, you heard some ahs and oohs and ee. You know what? That makes me happy. So where we go makes me happy, Texas Day Brazil. where they bring steak upon steak and steak. You ever seen one of those lions that get up and they're, they call it meat drunk? Huh? I almost regret every time taking Gwen and Brooke and now May and Sabelle, those women, you know why? The salad bar is great. I can take you to Jason's Deli for 10 bucks. This is a steak place. Rookies, and every time I take a man and, and get a little heavy on the steak, I go, <laughs> you're a rookie. You're going to regret that later. You take someone like Homer, and he's like, no, get the plate out here, and let's go. 
He knows. The, the, the thing is, listen, it makes me happy, so what do I do? I look forward to repeating that. It's like that in my life. See, God set it up that when we have the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, those characteristics working in our lives, why'd you, you, you might not have experienced it yet, but when you experience those things working in your life, those characteristics, you become obvious to people who you are and who your Father is, but here, here's something that we miss. You walk in that happy state. Now, again, we know that happy is happenings, and it's kind of shallow compared to going up to joy. I know all that. I went to Bible school. Come on now. So, so stick with me. Is when, the, when those characteristics are working on life, it, life happens. We know that sometimes our bodies fail us. Sometimes relationships that we thought, man, I, I put everything into that relationship, and they did me wrong. We know that in a life that we live... If, we know that sometimes, even though that we're walking in the favor of God, there's things that happen to us. Somebody runs into our car. We know all those things that happen. But listen, what happens inside of you when all circumstances happen is, is what we're talking about, and, and it comes with what we're thinking, and it starts coming out of our mouth. Next week, we'll talk about confessions and how important that is. But today, I want to revisit the story that we talked about with David and Goliath and to come up to another level. Every time, listen, every time you get a word from God, remember, you'll be put to the test to see if you believe it. And it is amazing. If the enemy comes against you, do you really believe that? Let, let's see if you really believe that. I believe that the strong man is there to hinder the growth of a Christian to another level, the believer into going, you just stay right there. It, it is um, an example is when the children of Israel are going into the promise, into their promise. Now, a lot of times we think about their, you know, the promised land. We think about, you know, physical things. But for you and I, just think about you going into the promise, what God has promised you when they were going into the promise of what God had believed for them, remember the giants were there, and that old song, Our Way to Hinder, you know, they, they're saying, you can't come get this promise. And in the story, what we're listening to is David, and he has been anointed by Samuel. God called him to be king. Samuel anointed him to be king. Come on now. Will he stay just Wilbur? a good guy, or will he walk in and see by faith the manifestation of him becoming the king of Israel? This is not something that's just bodily bing, bodily boom, you're the king. He will process it, but the word that came unto him, by faith he walked out prophetically, and he saw it happen. And remember this. I don't believe for a moment that David had to be the king. He chose to be the king, and then he walked in that identity. It's going to be something that if you can grasp, the identity that God speaks over your life is up to you to choose. I could say that negatively today, or I could say it positively, but I, I just need to say, it's your choice. 
What is framing your thinking? Who, who are you listening to? What are you hearing and what are you saying? The giant in the story comes up every morning and every night, remember? Roar! He's yelling. Now, now this morning, we, we know that there's giants, there's obstacles, there's circumstances, any way you put this, that are keeping you from advancing. And a lot of times, uh, I, I think I'll say this again and again through this message, so I'm not getting old and repeating myself accidentally. But, but I want you to know this, that a lot of times in, in our belief system, and we, we pray for three major things. I mean, that, that usually is repeated over and over by people. It is our, our uh, finances. God, please help me in my finances and help me manage, good, you know, all the way to people that are praying for God. I rubbed on that lamp, and I think that you ought to give me something good, you know, the genie, finances. And then we pray for our health. Sometimes we get sick. Sometimes we go through physical problems and we pray for our health. And then the third thing is our relationships. And we pray for our relationships that they, you know, I, I don't, my wife was a mean God. Huh? My husband, she, or he, he just didn't know what he was doing. And he, we pray for our relationships. So when, when I go into this story and, and the Holy Spirit is tailoring it for your life, I, I want you to listen to this. Sometimes the enemy is you. Let, let me say it this way. I don't know who this guy Aristotle is, but he's pretty smart. Listen to him. He says this. I count him braver who overcomes his desires than him who conquers his enemies. For the hardest victory is over self. So this morning when I'm talking about this ugly giant of a... You might go, ooh, that ugly man in me. Okay. You have the notes... And before I get into these points of the Goliath promotion, okay, sometimes life can get boring because we do the same thing we've always done, expecting that we're going to do something, get something different. And that hardly ever happens. But I'll tell you right now, the stimulus is pretty nice getting that check here. You know, anyway, follow me. I might get off track every once in a while and see if I... And before we get going, remember the one word difference that makes a lot big difference is choice. Here, here it is. I have to do these things versus I get to do these things. And, and when life is boring because you're doing the same thing over and over, here's a promotion that's going to come in your life if you allow it to manifest because you're walking in it. The first point I want you to write down is, a Goliath is an opportunity. This is a choice because a lot of people see him as just a problem. But if you see him as an opportunity, all of a sudden things change. Look at the passage in 1 Samuel 17 that says, What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? We've got to learn to see the problem, the Goliath, as an opportunity. David did not see him as an adversity or an uh, uh, enemy. 
as much as he did as a promotion. And this is what's amazing. Saul has already promised great wealth. That's enough in most battles for a champion to step forward. But then he's even given more to it by saying, your family isn't going to be taxed in the country. So in other words, he's saying your family tree is going to change trajectory. In other words, you're going to see blessing because you don't even have to pay your taxes. And then the third thing is a lot of times overlooked because it says, and my daughter's hand in marriage. Because you just think, he's going to get a woman. If you're a man, woo, that's good. Woo, that's good. What you look like? But do you realize that when you marry the hand of the daughter, or you marry the daughter's hand of the king, the daughter, the king's daughter, let's put it that way, that there's benefits that go with that all of your life and her life. You become part of the king's family. Now, this is the benefit that David sees that has become overshadowed by all the men that are standing on the hill. This morning, I'm going to ask you simply, do you see a reward in advancing in your life? Because if there is no reward greater than what you have already right now in your life, there will be no motivation for you to take another step. Therefore, the old saying goes that I I ask myself, if you are not believing for something from God to do in your life, really you don't need faith. And there's no way you can be faithful. And we're believers in God, but we're also looking and longing, expecting things to come to our lives in order for us to be world changers. God has given us a mandate to go into all the world and change the world. But listen, he also gives us the resources in order to do it. But it's, again, believing that those resources are going to take place before we even venture out on the journey. If I brought it into your life right now at your position, maybe at your job, and a promotion would make your life different than it is now, There's a lot of people that will say, you know what, I don't even want a promotion. There's too much work. Come on now. God has not called you just to sit where you are, to move, to influence people, to change the world around you. Amen, Pastor John. I missed it on that one. Thank you for telling me about that. Instead of David being a coward and standing back, he decided, you know what, I'm going to be a conqueror today, and I refuse to stay in this position that is so easy, so familiar. And again, realize by not going forward, you're robbing yourself of what God has already provided for you. The second thing is a Goliath is a test. How many people have 
taken your car down to the mechanic shop, let me see your hand, and saw that there was a, a light on, a warning light, and you didn't know what it meant, but you know that it was in your eyeball. You know, you're going, what is that light? Anybody? Let's see your hand. Anybody ever went down and took a diagnostic test, I think, on your car? You put that thing up the tailpipe. Anybody would respond to that. <laughs> anyway, the machine starts, you know, and, and what the problem is usually is a readout, and, and it comes out as, well, this part is not responding. It's not responding to like it, it, it's supposed to be, like it's being built. Do you, do you understand that when you're in school, a lot of times that the, the put, your pen, or put your books under your desk, take out a pen and paper, it's time for a, pop test. Anybody have that in school? And you go, not today! Why? Why not today? Well, what's the response out of your mouth? I didn't study. What else? I'm not ready! Is that not our, our common words? I'm not ready today for a test. A test is an indicator of where you are right now. The, the teacher will teach, 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 and a lot of times people will be like, or people, kids, I was a kid, and I was in class going, I wonder if a ball rolled up a hill. It didn't matter what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking what the teacher was saying. Come on, teacher, you know what I'm talking about. Mike's a teacher. You, you sit there in the class and you look out there and the, teach, the kids are going. I remember one kid would fall asleep in class and he had problems snoring. It was hilarious. I, I watched him more than the teacher. Then when the test was given in a bad grade, was a what would we do? It, it was a it was an indicator that we were not responding correctly to the questions that were being asked. Remember, this whole series is on words. Sometimes the enemy is you that's keeping yourself from advancing, and and we have to come to grips with. Why are we not reacting when the challenge comes, when the question comes? Well, we know the old saying that I've said many times, problem shows up to ask one question, and it's who are you? And, and so it's a test. When we're in a situation that we know that the, 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 the enemy, the, the force that's keeping us from advancing could be you, When the opportunity comes and we say, ah, I don't, ah, 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 that's an indicator where you are right now in your faith. Can I just tell you, it, it's not easy. Because all those men that were on top of the mountain scared really is a snapshot of the community that you live in. It's going to be up to you and I to take that step, the challenge. 
The, the third thing, and, and this one I'm going to spend a little bit more time on, is a glass will set you apart. Oh, put that down, circle it. A glass will set you apart. It says this, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. See, when all the men of Israel, it says, saw the man, talking about Goliath, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid, the New King James Version says. All of Israel was afraid except this little guy that's probably a teenager. You can tell he's not scared because he tells the king, the guy that's ten shoulders above everybody, he goes, don't worry about it. I'll take care of this. He wasn't even a soldier in the army. Can I repeat that? He wasn't even a soldier in the army that day. He would have been considered last in line behind the quartermaster or someone back in here that didn't even have on a uniform. He, he was the last guy. But he was willing to do what nobody else on that day was willing to do. In your life, it's the person that will solve the problem at your work, in your family. Sometimes that's a humble attitude. Pastor, you didn't say it was going to be that hard. Come on now. Don't worry, I'll take care of it, David says. Now, this is, we live in a culture that people want to talk and be okay with sickness. It's okay. Everybody's sick. We live in a world that everybody thinks it's okay just to continually build debt. We live in a society that everybody is complaining and speaking defeat over their life, and you should too. But a glass will set you apart because you're not going to do that. You're going to say, no, 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 not for me. And again, the Goliath promotion is going to set you apart because you see things differently and therefore you speak differently. I, I want you to see something. We know that 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says, bringing every thought captive and making it obedient. Can I read it out of the Passion Translation? It says this, we can demolish every deceitful fantasy. What if this happens? Oh, no. Deceitful fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the knowledge of God. It goes on to saying, capturing it like a prisoner of war, every thought and insist that it bows its obedience, bows in obedience to the anointed one. Now, th- th- this didn't take a lot of time, and so I hope it comes out as well as I hope it comes out. But you know what a difference between what the way you think and then later <laughs> you were just totally wrong? Anybody ever been there beside me? Yeah, look at you. Nobody's raising your hand. It, it's a paradigm shift. You know, I, I use the example of being on the highway 
and how people sometimes go slower than they should. And one Sunday night on the way to church, I was in the car with the kids and I was trying to get away from the noise in the back, you know, going a little faster maybe. And I, I get up about a quarter of a mile from the exit and there's a long line of cars. You remember this? And, and I'm wondering, whoa, is going so slow? And I whip it over in the lane and get up and I notice that it's a man from the church. So I go from what? No way. It's okay, paradigm shift. Then I get to church, and he says, Pastor, my, my truck could only go in fourth gear, so I could only go about 50 miles an hour, but I wanted to come to church anyway. I got so many dirty looks. I go, boy, those people out there can be mean. Okay, <laughs> Paradigm shift. Okay, don't get, I mean, let me say this. Get in your riddle-solving mind just for a minute because I want you to see the difference of seeing something, the difference it's going to make. Okay. Bringing every thought captive. You're standing, I'm standing. John Miller is standing in line at a grocery store. And an older lady is in front of me and I have the thought to push her down. Who's wrong? Come on. It's not a test, <laughs> even though the Goliath could be. Anyway, who, who's wrong? Me. But you didn't know the lady had a gun pointing at the cashier. Because the cashier had a knife to the store manager. Who's wrong? Some of you are going, now wait just a minute. Were we in Walgreens or were we in CVA? <laughs> the cashier's wrong. She's trying to save Granny. Granny's trying to save the day. But you didn't know that the reason the cashier had the knife to the store manager is the store manager was the son of granny and both of them had just done something awful. Okay, now you're like, wow, where'd that come from? Do, do you realize that as believers, you, you need to pray for the whole picture and you need to know that you're going to be set apart from the world. And a lot of times people go, I tell you what, I got an opinion. And they'll jump in there and you go, you, you don't even know the whole story. I know Granny has a cigarette hand, hanging out of her mouth and sunglasses on and she looks like... That's why you come to be challenged intellectually. Here we go. The, the reason why David could go out there and defeat a nine-foot, nine-inch giant when nobody else could, he had a different paradigm, a different perspective. 
And that's what set him apart, which will eventually bring him to the palace. Very, very important to realize that we bring every thought into captivity and make it obedient to the word of God. Well, pastor, I don't know the word of God. There's your first step right there. Pastor, I, I want to be promoted. You're in the right place. Not only is the Goliath an opportunity, he's a test. He will set you apart. But number four is a Goliath is defeated by your words. Now, we, we talked about this a little bit last week, and all that had gone forth before the actual, actual battle that we know took place are words. Again, the three popular prayer requests are money, health, and relationships. Uh, the verse says, this day the Lord, look at this, out of his mouth, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. See, he had a big mouth and David says, I'm going to take that mouth with you. I'm going to cut the head off. The Goliath, the giant obstacle, Possibly you. We tend to want to say how broke we are, that the dream will never take place, that what we're believing isn't realistic. Uh, it, God doesn't work like that anymore. You, you can fill in the blank. But Goliath can be mean and nasty with his words. Sticks and stones... Who cares about bones? They'll grow back. But words will kill you. Again, the right perspective. Nothing but a bunch of words the enemy's going to throw at you, and they're, they're worthless. They're harmless unless you get in agreement with them. I've said before, if you're going down the mall, an airport, or a big place, and someone says, hey, stupid, don't turn around. I love, now this is Henri, and, and I probably, this is not in my notes, and that's where I get in trouble, but I, I love being in those places and going, getting a little bit ahead of me, you know, and going. Now she cannot but help turn around. But I get in trouble when every woman in the place turns around too. Are you going to walk in the agreement of the enemy or in agreement of what the Word of God says over you? Come on now. It's good stuff here. And again, watch this. Mean and nasty. As soon as Goliath stops taunting, then he goes into threatening. Come here. He, hey, come here. And I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. I'll give you, I'll give you, you know, you're done. How is, how is David, how are you able to overcome that? Stay focused on the power of God working in your life? You know, again, the difference between Wilbur, a good guy, and a Christian, a good guy, that really is a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, is again focused on the power of God, and then manifestation comes in his life that people can see. This is what's happening in David's life. I'll go down there. I'll, don't worry. Don't, anybody don't need to worry. 
watch this, as soon as you are convinced that you're able to go, that you're able to uh, go against the giant, we, we know that what happens just in the story is people will try to talk you out of it for your good. I don't really care, they say, but for your good, you're just a little wee boy. He's a big guy. Like David didn't see that. Are you with me on that? Have you ever noticed that people tell you the obvious so that you'll get in agreement with them? They're good-meaning people. They're good-meaning parents. I've done that. I just want to confess that right now so that you all know that we're in this same together. Be careful what comes out of your mouth. I'm not going to confess anymore on that subject. We're going to go on. It's so important when the enemy said something, how David answered back, what came out of his mouth. So, so again, realize, focusing on the power of God, what is the actual visible thing? It's what the response is. And again, we said that it was a test earlier. That's what's going to be a test is what's coming out of your mouth. And David says, again, he he falls back and thinks, I've already conquered what? The lion and the bear. It says, remember last week when the lion came after me, I went after it. And when it turned, I grabbed it by the beard and struck it down. Chase the roar in your life instead of being um, being cautious all the time and analyzing it. Turning off the lights and... <laughs> that would have been pretty cool if that would have been part of the whole scheme, I think. He, David begins to remember what he had already accomplished in his life. Here's the thing. Can you stay focused on the power of God in the middle of the fight? Somebody can't stay focused on me during the lights out. All right. Come on now. Watch this. The hardest thing for me to do is in the middle of the fight not to begin to analyze why it's not going to work out. To stay on track and say, you know what? I can't see it. I can't taste. Lisa, sing that song again. Waymaker, come on. David is in the middle. He's got the brother yelling at him. You're not going to be able to do this. He's got the king, which is his possibly authority in his life, saying, you can't do this. This morning, before we go to the next point, some of you have accomplished things in your life that you've even forgot about. Hello, you need to write down what God has already done in your life so that you can remember the barren lion in your life. Keep a file. Keep a file on your phone. These are the things that God has brought me through. Let me tell you, when I'm building those buildings down there, the coffee shop and stuff, 
I'm in the middle. We're, we're digging a trench from here down this aisle, and it's about t and and we've got to get it dug, and it's about this deep. The backhoe guy's in there. I've got Heath, and I've got Luke in there. Mark's saying, "Sorry, Dad, I'm at school. I can't come. I got all the anyway." Heath's not there, but we're we're three in there, and it's going to forecast to rain the whole week coming up. Sound effects too, huh? You don't get this if you stay home and watch it online. I'm just sorry. <laughs> the, the, the enemy during those times, it feels like defeat, but the battle's not lost or won yet. It's in focus that God's going to bring me through this. And he did. We got it covered up before it rained. Everything was good. Let me go to the fifth point. A Goliath must answer to the covenant. This is so important. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, he says. He's already called them the uncircumcised Philistine, and that gets us uncomfortable that knows what that is. But really what he's saying is the uncircumcised people are not people of covenant. What we do every month, we take the Lord's Supper, and we sing songs also like there's power in the what? When we took the cup on Sundays where we do communion, this is the new covenant in my blood. You walk in agreement with the covenant of God, of all the promises of God in your life, and sometimes it's hard to walk in them when you don't know what they are. Be aware of what is yours in the covenant. Have you ever, ever once in a while saw an announcement or a, a posting somewhere that says there's a, I mean, it, it gets bigger, gazillion dollars unclaimed and it could be yours. H has anybody looked into that besides me? There was money that was mine. You guys are thinking back, maybe I need to check on some of that money. What had happened is there was an escrow one time and somebody backed out and they lost their escrow. I didn't claim it, but it was mine and they wrote me a check. It was like 500 and some dollars. Some of you are leaving the covenant promises on the table because you think they don't apply to you. Man, let me tell you, when, when, when I began to get this for John Miller, I started thinking, you are, you are favored of God. Because I realized of what God had promised me in the Word of God. It's staying focused on those promises. Let me give you the last one. A Goliath will make you king Later in the story, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 3, it says, King David made a covenant before the Lord with all the elders of Israel, and they anointed him king of Israel. Let me tell you, we fast forward through a lot of process, a lot of valleys that he went through, a lot of mountaintops that he was on. But again, the manifestation of, the, of kingship in his life began to manifest when? 
See, let me say it again. God called him as a king. Samuel anointed him as a king. But when did he start the moment that he began to walk in that identity? And it became visible. Lisa talked about it today. It's on its way if you just don't give up. Some of you need a tracking number. But the problem is a lot of Christians will see the tracking number. They, ah, that ain't right. They probably haven't even sent that yet. Come on, you know who you are. You ever buy something from China and it takes about a month to get here? As soon as it hits the United States and it's in California, you go, yes! Some of us need to realize that God is moving things around to bring into manifestation what he's promised you. Some people, listen, in the very nicest way I can say that, some people need to die. Some people need to move away from an area some people, so that you can walk in that manifestation, moving circumstances around. Don't give up. Let me come to a conclusion by saying, just like in this situation, the Goliath that you've been thinking about in your life, the, the, let's, the strong man that's trying to hinder you from the promise that God has given you is trying to say, you can't go up to another level until you defeat me. There's a bunch of things that can fill this role. As the obstacle, the circumstance. But that circumstance, that giant, will make you king of the territory that God has promised and assigned for you. You know, a lot of times when I go through times of, of facing a Goliath in my life, Again, the difference is I don't have to, but I get to face him because it's a sign that promotion is available for me. I want to have Luke, if you would, put this passage up in Romans chapter 5, verse 7. Team, do you have that? Listen to this out of the Passion Translation. See, death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying a regal freedom through the gifts of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah? In other words, just as Condemnation came upon all people through one transgression. So through one righteous act of Jesus, sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all of us. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and accepted by him. Now watch this. If you go up to the second line and says, but now how much more are we held in the grip of grace 
and continue reigning as kings in life. This morning, I want you to understand this. That your ability to reign as a king, the, the length of time that you have as a king, is you breathing in this life. You wake up one morning and a Goliath is following you and chasing you and taunting you and trying to intimidate you. You're not coming up to another level. Uh-uh. There might be something of, of a, a, a person in your life that's trying to keep you down. There might be an addiction, a habit. There, there might be a, a marriage problem. Whatever the problem, that the circumstance is trying to keep you down. And you wake up and go, you know, I, I don't know if, if the grace of God is still working in my life. Here's the test. If you're still breathing, it's still working. You don't have to question it. You don't see it, taste it, touch it, feel it, hear it. You, but by faith, you're saying, until the manifestation of kingship applies in my life, until the man, I don't want to just be a Wilbur. I don't want to be just a good guy that's doing good stuff. I want to be a believer that puts my trust and faith in what Jesus Christ did to make me righteous. Words are so important. What are you saying? What are you hearing? This morning, again, you, you might not remember what I preached on six months ago, but you know what I preached on today. And today and tonight and this afternoon, tomorrow, the next day, begin doing the things we talked about. Write down some of the things that God has brought you through, the lion and the bear. Begin watching what you say. You know, one time we did this, a series on watch. This was, man, it, I'm not that old, but it might have been like 200 years ago, you know, back there. But we, we put a bracelet on. It's one of those rubber bracelets that's pretty cool, you know. And, and any time that you sit, do you guys, who was here when we did that? Just me and Lisa? How old are you? Anyway, there's several. But what we did was every time that you said something, you know, kind of, Watching your words, you said something, maybe fear, doubt, unbelief. You took it off and you put it on the other hand. I think I was the only one that had a suntan line on both hands. <laughs> Turn that back and you go, man, I didn't realize what's coming out of my mouth. Some of us need to maybe do something like that. Put a rock in your one pocket and put it over in the other so that you're watching what you say. Next week, we're going to talk about being aggressive in our words. Realize that every time the enemy said something, David said something back. When he went to the giant, what did he do? Did he kind of meander out? No, he ran. He chased the Lord. Let's pray. God, you're a wonderful father. God, you have given us every form of knowledge in your word to be able to live a righteous life. And Father, as we go through life, that Father, we know that God, that you've given us grace and when we fall, God, we can ask for forgiveness and we can get up and keep trying and trying and trying. 
Father, this morning I pray that as, as the word of God has gone forth in the story of David and Goliath, that, Father, that we would watch our words and, again, our desire for promotion would be more than just a desire. Father, we would walk in faith. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, in a few minutes, we'll leave this building. And I want to give you an opportunity to give, as, as we have done in the last probably now year, you can give it on your way out. You can place it in the offering uh, plate, or you can give online. It's so easy to do automatic giving every month. Um, uh, I want to give a praise report. We're, we're Hold the phone. I've got it in my phone. Hold the phone. Yeah, forget that. I forgot. Okay, are you ready for the giving to Alive at Last? Gwen is in the children's church this week. We're $270 short of $7,500. Now, words are important, and I know somebody said, 270 I've got that in my right shoe. I can just give that right now. God is going to bless, as we know, as we're givers. We are praying for a, a business to lease or maybe two businesses to lease out the retail building. And again, we're sowing this as a seed for that. And we believe as we make it possible for another ministry, God has a way of making it for us. And we're doing that. And uh, let me tell you, we're praying for a business that will partner with the church and we'll partner with them. Uh, we, we've had all kinds of businesses. We're praying for the right one, if you know what I mean. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, let me give you a quick couple of announcements. Remember that Easter is the first Sunday of April. Everybody invite one person that does not attend church anywhere. <laughs> okay. The second thing is, Come on Easter Sunday a little bit early. Try to park a little bit further away than you usually do maybe. And then come looking, longing, and expecting. If we had more people, wouldn't that be wonderful if we had to give up our seats and stand? There's about two people that said amen to that. That's the first Sunday of April. The week after Easter will be our new membership class if you're interested in becoming a member. The last Sunday of April is our annual business meeting that we try to announce at least two weeks in advance. That's more than that. Um, also, we're going to have a Senior Connection lunch the last Sunday of March. That's March 28th. And uh, let's just say if you're west of 70, you are personally invited. And... Uh, since I can't sneak in to the women's parties, I might be sneaking into this one. I'm not going to go any further than that. 
but I am going to be a grandpa. Let's just say that. Love you guys very much. Would you stand? As we leave this morning, greet somebody that you haven't greeted during halftime and tell them it's good to see them. You guys are dismissed.